Welcome back to Meet the Investigators from the International Consortium of Investigative Journalists. I'm ICIJ's Editorial Fellow and today your host, Nicole Sodik. Since the series launched, we've spoken to dozens of ICIJ members who are among the most distinguished journalists in the world. Today is no different. I'm speaking with a reporter who has a raft of accolades, including the Knight Trailblazer Award, a European Press Prize, and various prestigious Russian journalism awards. But he also has an equally long, if not longer, list of people who've put a target on his back for simply doing his job. And that's why he keeps much of his work under wraps. I don't disclose the location of uh, myself and the newsroom for security reasons. That's Roman Anin, a Russian journalist who founded and runs the groundbreaking news outlet iStories. Roman has been working alongside ICIJ in its investigations into offshore finance since 2013. But journalism hasn't always been his passion. I was born in uh, Moldova and uh, until 17. My dream was to become a professional soccer player. But then when I was 17, my uh, family moved to Russia because Moldova was a very poor country and it was difficult to find a job there. So I didn't know how I would continue my soccer career. And one day I was lying on the sofa and watching uh, a soccer game on TV and the commentator was really bad. Um, so I was watching the, the game and I was thinking that this guy knows nothing about uh, my favorite game. And uh, that is when I realized that uh, I can try become a commentator and maybe do this job better than this guy because I, at least I know uh, the game. That's when I uh, decided to become a journalist. After enrolling at Moscow State University to study journalism, Roman had to get some real-world experience. One of my friends said that the sports section of Nova Gazeta was looking for interns. And I knew nothing about Nova Gazeta, but, you know, I decided to come there. And I remember that I was really nervous because I thought that they would ask me, uh, that they would be asking me, you know, things about, I don't know, like different teams, different championships, uh, kind of testing my skills. But the very first questions that I heard from them, from actually my future editor of this section was, do you like beer? And I like, well, yeah. So we went, we had a couple of beers and um, that's how I became part of Nova Gazeta's sports section. And I worked there for two years until 2008, when suddenly uh, the war in Georgia started. It was a war that lasted only six days, but which had a profound effect on a country and a region on the edge of Europe. Although it was a brief conflict, it received widespread coverage. It was interesting because it was summer and the majority of uh, experienced reporters, they were on vacations. And uh, I was one of the few uh, reporters in the newsroom and the editors asked me whether I want to go to Georgia to cover the war. And I said, yes. And I went there. And when I got back, they actually offered me to move to the investigative section. So that is how I became uh, an investigative reporter. Nearly 15 years later, Roman runs his own nonprofit newsroom, iStories, which he says stands for important stories. The iStories core staff is based outside of Russia, with freelancers working inside the country. He came up with the idea for the online investigative outlet when he was finishing up a night journalism fellowship at Stanford University in 2019. The goal is to to tell important stories to the audience. It's kind of, it kind of unites um, 
two ideas that I had in my mind. Uh, the first idea is obvious and simple. You know, investigative reporting is crucial to keep the powerful accountable. But there was a second idea, and actually um, it came to my mind in Stanford. Uh, you know, you probably know that in the last um, decades, uh, the audience has been losing its trust in the media. So what we do these days, we care more about traffic than audience, and we bombard people with 50 or 60 or 100 news every day, and the majority of these news are useless. Bombarding people with news is really bad for their health. So that is why we uh, are called important stories, because we try to publish only those news and those stories that we believe are really important for people. In terms of media management, it's a very bad strategy. But in terms of uh, care about people, it's the best. Since Vladimir Putin commanded forces to invade Ukraine in late February, the Russian president has run a concerted campaign to silence independent media. He even labeled iStories a, quote, undesirable organization. Roman, what does that mean for you? It's a crime to be to, to head an undesirable organization. I, I can be sentenced to six years of prison for uh, the work that I do, so for, for journalism. Uh, for every reporter who works for iStories, um, every reporter can be fined for, for cooperation with the undesirable organization. And the second time, if they continue working uh, or cooperating with an undesirable organization, they can be sentenced to four years of prison. Uh, it is also forbidden to repost all our stories. So if anybody in Russia reposts our story, tweet, or every piece of information that we produce, uh, it can be seen by the Russian authorities as cooperation with an undesirable organization. And again, this person or the reader can be fined and then sentenced. Um, we are also blocked because it's prohibited to spread the information of undesirable organizations. So we are blocked in Russia uh, and people can reach us only through VPN. How would you describe the state of press freedom in Russia today? There is no freedom and there is no press. In the ideal world of Vladimir Putin, there is no independent media in Russia. There is no media that criticizes him or his cronies. Uh, but of course, after the war started, uh, the Kremlin um, kind of has increased its pressure on the media. And today, almost every uh, independent media in Russia, or I would say every independent media in Russia, is either blocked or shut down. What security precautions do you and your colleagues take? I'm the only reporter who uses byline. Uh, all others, they have to publish their stories anonymously. Because uh, again, if, if people from the law enforcement see that uh, our reporters continue to cooperate with us, then they can be sentenced. We also can't really take interviews because it might be considered as a cooperation with an undesirable organization as well. So all our experts and people we talk to uh, are anonymous in our stories. Why do you use your byline? Well, because I'm the head of the organization and uh, I think it's important to uh, be public and uh, say that we're not afraid of uh, all that restrictions and all that labels. And, uh, and the second reason is that there is uh, a different criminal case ongoing against me uh, in Russia that was started even before the war and before we were proclaimed undesirable. And I thought, you know, like, well, what's the difference? to have one or two criminal cases or three against you. 
The case Roman is talking about started on April 9, 2021, when Russian authorities raided Roman's apartment and office in connection to a story he had written five years prior about a Putin ally who was using a luxurious yacht. Roman, can you talk me through what happened? I, I, I was going to a swimming pool. In a minute after I uh, exited from my house, uh, I saw that somebody is running uh, after me. Uh, and I thought that it was a robber or something like that. And I was prepared to fight. But then the guy came to me and said that he's from uh, the FSB, which is the main Russian secret service. And he said that they're going to conduct a search in my apartment. The search lasted for about seven hours. Um, and they ended uh, in the midnight. And then the investigator said that uh, he would take me to the investigative committee. And I knew that it was illegal because you can't interrogate witnesses in the nighttime. Uh, well, but he said that if I don't go voluntarily, then they will just take me to the investigative committee. So I was detained for a couple of hours. Then uh, they let me uh, go. I was planning to go on vacations even before the, the search and interrogations in May. And I went to Kiev. Uh, I spent some time there. And uh, then a, a number of sources told me that it's that I should better stay there because uh, there was a big risk that uh, Russian secret services can arrest me when I come back. And since then, I'm abroad. After this incident, Roman actually found out that authorities had been surveilling him for several years. But it didn't come as a surprise. Even in 2017, during ICIJ's Paradise Papers investigation, Roman told Vice News documentarians that he went the extra mile to stay undetected by Russian authorities. I don't wake up at the same time and I don't uh, get out of my uh, home at the same time. I usually take different routes, so one day I come to my office with car, another day I come with metro. The day after tomorrow I took a metro, then a bus, and then I walk. Roman's attention to security is not for naught. According to the Committee to Protect Journalists, 25 reporters have been murdered in Russia since 2000, not including several others whose reasons for death have not been confirmed. The fraught situation has been a part of Roman's career from the very beginning. During his first year as a reporter for Novaya Gazeta, his colleague Anna Politkovska, a revered Russian journalist critical of the Kremlin, was shot and killed in a contract-style killing. And I remember very well the day when I heard the news. I was in Yaroslav, a very beautiful ancient city in Russia. And I was playing billiards with my father, and then I got a call from a colleague who told me that uh, Anna Politkovska was killed. And I was so shocked and surprised. In those early days when I was naive, uh, I thought that, you know, journalists are doing a great job. You know, the things that they, stories that they publish are so important. So why would anybody uh, kill a journalist? The stakes of being in this line of work in Russia are astronomical. And it's become an issue of renewed focus since Russia's war on Ukraine started in late February. With the world's attention back on Russia, ICIJ has launched the Russia Archive, a project that brings together previous Russia-related exposés and new investigations into the hidden wealth of the Putin regime's ruling elites. Like all of ICIJ's projects, it brings international partners together. Roman, what is it like working in a collaborative community? 
uh, it's a great opportunity to work with your colleagues from Australia, from Japan, from South America, and from many, many other countries. And of course, it's, I mean, it teaches you a lot because you, you know, you, you work shoulder by shoulder with your colleagues from other countries and you get some skills from them, they get some skills from you. Uh, and of course, it makes your stories better because, you know, the crime is international these days. And if journalists don't unite their efforts to investigate uh, those uh, criminals or corrupt officials, um, you know, then they're not effective. Uh, and uh, I think that these days, the international community of journalism is way more effective than the international community of, of uh, law enforcement because we are faster, we are more creative, and uh, we use more skills. Yes, we don't have all the instruments that the law enforcement has, but in terms of cooperation skills, we are really better. What was your experience collaborating with other journalists in last year's Pandora Papers investigation? Well, it was uh, like this great, uh, you know, cooperation and investigation, very similar to Panama Papers. We spent about a year investigating all the all the Russian names that we saw in the lake, um, and in the end, we published a story. The probably the only reason, the only difference is that when we published Panama Papers, there was just three of us, and we worked for Nova Gazeta. Uh, these times, uh, there were about ten or fifteen reporters from my stories. And um, we had to evacuate everybody from Russia. I mean, everybody who was working on this story from Russia on the eve of investigate uh, of uh, publication because uh, there was a great risk that uh, secret services would come with searches or even arrest people working on this project. What piece of advice would you give to newer reporters? Well, that's difficult. Uh, <laughs> never started media. Uh, no, but I'm joking. Um, I'm constantly joking that the professional disease of a journalist is narcissism. All of us think a lot about ourselves. I think it's uh, really important these days to kind of remind all the time to ourselves that we are a team and that uh, we need to be together, we need to stay strong. We really got to think about big goals and why we do that. Uh, and in our case, it's it's easy because we know why the stories that we publish are important and why it is important for the Russian audience uh, to know and read them. Those are some great tips. I want to thank Roman for joining me today and wish him all the best as he continues to cover those important stories. You can find ICIJ's Russia archive stories at icij.org and don't forget to share this episode on social media using the hashtag MeetTheInvestigators. Meet the Investigators is a production of the International Consortium of Investigative Journalists. This episode was produced and edited by me, Nicole Sovic, with help from Hamish Bolin-Rudder. We'll be back again next month.